MSU football shows improvement, it didn't lose the bye week. Mel Tucker gets ready for the purge of his own roster. Basketball season is upon us. We've got previews of three games and your Twitter questions. Gobble, gobble, y'all. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined by the man who demands I compete to play and compete to stay, Kevin Greck, as well as the man who finds Dabo Sweeney an inspiration for rage, Alex Plum. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Great weekend, Fun. guys. It was a great weekend. Didn't lose. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> Didn't lose. Yeah. You know, you know what my only problem th- this weekend was? Yeah, what it was. I fired up the most recent episode of Can't Read Cam Right, which I wasn't on. Mm. I was expecting wailing. I was expecting gnashing of teeth. Mm-hmm. I expected someone to cry because I wasn't there. But there was there wasn't even acknowledgement. There wasn't even acknowledgement that I wasn't on it. You guys just moved right on. Oh yeah, we got content. We got things to talk about. Yeah. No. It was garbage. Well, do you want to tell people how your how your weekend was? No. I don't want to okay. tell anyone anything. Oh you know what I want? I want my podcast back. Oh, That's what I want. There it is. So, <laughs> there it is. Continue. Well, while uh, Greg's over there raging, we do uh, want to say thank you, of course, for listening to the podcast. If you could share the podcast with Spartans in your life, you know, give it a little retweet on the old Twitter machine where you can find us at Spartan underscore pod. Uh, of course, rate, review, and smash that subscribe button to the show wherever you get podcasts. Gentlemen, I'm going to tell everyone about the structure of the show this week because I'm that excited. It is basketball preview week. So we're going to start with the green wall where we're going to start with the, foot, with the sport that always leads football before we preview this Michigan State University basketball team. Then we're going to head off Grand River where we're going to talk a little <laughs> stupid stupid 2020 uh with Dabo South Carolina crazy Big Ten football college football playoff and then we're going to preview all three games we've got coming up in the next week before taking your Twitter questions gentlemen let's get this party started yeah yeah let's together do as it. a whole with me <laughs> whatever uh well I guess look it was it was a bye week for MSU football this past year um and relatively speaking, nothing terrible happened, um, which is an improvement upon bye weeks of last year, where we saw mass exodus um, from the team during one week and then a suspension of Joe Bocci during the next bye week. Yeah. We did have a transfer, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but um, Plum, uh, did you get a chance to listen to Mel Tucker's press conference? I liked it. Very, very, um, very insightful guy, uh, Coach Tucker. And I respect him very much. Uh, said to me, like, it's obvious you turn the ball over, you have critical penalties against a good football team, you're going to get beat. So th- that is typically true. Um, the only thing you left out was uh, if you don't score points, uh, you will, in fact, get beat. And both were sadly true. But that wasn't the only issue. I think we're finding ourselves. Uh, is embroiled the right verb to use here in a uh, full-on quarterback controversy? Uh, Poor Rocky Lombardi. Terrible. (laughs) Poor Rocky Lombardi. Is it poor Rocky Lombardi? Terrible. he's had the 
you know, the opportunities he, that he's he, been given. He has had every opportunity and he had his definite worst performance of the year, uh, such that in the second quarter, uh, Peyton Thorne needed to come in and relieve him of his duties. Three for seven passes for count them 21 yards and two interceptions. I don't know how to justify he could go play for Mott Community College in Flint with with a throwing record like that. This is not good, you guys. Have you guys noticed that uh, MSU is undefeated when Rocky Lombardi doesn't throw an interception? There you go. I mean, that's all. You, I'm you, you make a good point, Greg. Um, I mean, this MSU team doesn't need any help losing games, and then having someone just give the ball away that frequently, like there's something to be just said for game management, right? Like, I don't think we need Rocky Lombardi. If we need him to will us into a win, it's because he's already turned it over like four times, right? So uh, it's yeah, time to give one, Peyton Thorne a full game, right? Yeah, I think the the two things, though, that are, are worth considering is that Rocky Lombardi does, has one thing that Peyton Thorne doesn't, which is arm strength. Okay. Um, you know, I don't think Peyton Thorne threw a ball that was... The, you know, the, the, the distance thrown was greater than 20 yards. Okay. Um, so, you know, you look at the success we had against Michigan and it was largely going over the top. I don't think Peyton Thorne can make those passes. Um, so that would require some retooling of whatever offensive weapons we have. Um, the other thing that's, that's interesting, and, and maybe this is a bit of a segue back to something else Mel Tucker said is, you know, I, I, I think Mel Tucker may be in a bit of, of a stuck between a rock and a hard place because on the one hand you play Rocky and it allows incoming recruits, uh, say a Hamp Fay to say, Oh, I can challenge there. And even if I sit a year, you know, Rocky's gone sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, Mel Tucker wants to get more recruits and that's easier when you're winning. So, you know, so I, I I think it's a, a a needle he's got a thread right now. Yeah, two things that I'll I'll say there. One, I don't know that I would suggest that only the deep passes work for this MSU offense. I think when Rocky is the quarterback, they're the only things that work. Sure, um, that's fair. And two, I don't think you can play the you know what what about the the redshirt freshman? What about the young guys type game like? You play the guy that's going to win you games now, and then you tell those younger guys, hey, you're going to have the opportunity to compete against this dude. He's in a tenuous spot. The best player plays. Um, Does this mean that Theo Day probably walks? Yeah, it probably does. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the portal here sooner rather than later. But Hamp Faye? Hamp Faye's got time. So I'm less concerned there. Yeah, well, and Plum, you wanted to talk about Mel Tucker uh, sort of laying down the law to his team and essentially uh, saying, I mean, get out yeah. or start playing better. Well, compete to play, compete to stay, right? You you, you don't show up, uh, then, then I guess you show out? That's not how that's hmm. supposed to go, is it? I don't know. Nope, Basically, just, just get it. goes on the t-shirt. You just get it. Get it. Get and he's going to. I want to see him running out of Scandalaris with a broom in his hand, thwacking at guys 
as he is ripping from them, I guess, some ceremonial designation of the scholarship they no longer have to attend Michigan State. That's what I want to see. And then I want to see others living in fear of that. Now, I don't really want to see that because that's the kind of Penn State culture that they're absolutely getting embroiled in right now. But I, I will say that I, there needs to be some accountability for for poor performance. And so he has to be explicit about this with these guys. It, it, it's they You can't be coddled. And, and this these performances have, have just been atrocious. Plum, I don't know if you or Greg, I don't know if either one of you know the answer. I, I do not. But it, are there rules now surrounding a coach's ability to take scholarships away from student athletes? I don't think they can. I believe that the big 10 rule still exists that a offer is a five-year promise uh, or four-year promise or whatever it is. I don't think you can explicitly just yank a scholarship from a guy, but I could be mistaken about that. Can, but they don't have to be on the team, right? That's right. They do not have to be on the team. And there is nothing that prohibits coaches from beating them about the head and neck with a broom. So I want to get that on the record. Well, s- sort of speaking of running people out and, and, you know, offering scholarships, Greg, you know, Tucker did talk about recruiting classes and the number of offers they're going to make as, and also ran someone kind of out of the, out of the team. Uh, what, so what were those comments and, and what happened this week there? Yeah, so I think what he said in particular about uh, recruiting classes is that he he thinks you need a bit to make about 200 offers for a 25-man recruiting class, and he said that they'll be making about 50% more offers than that. Um, so I think that pretty clearly indicated to the team, the press corps, and the fan base that uh, Mel Tucker expects to see some changes to this roster in the upcoming years. Um, he does have a history, right? Of pulling in some guys from the portal. So even though he hasn't taken that route yet, really, I think we all wanted him to hit the portal <laughs> before this yeah. season started. Um, you know, fine. I don't know that he had time. Yeah, I guess. Um, he didn't even know who was on his team. I guess. But you you could have looked at the film from last year. We knew. <laughs> yes. We knew. Yeah, he could have called into the pod. We would have told him. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to want to hit that portal for the entire offensive line. <laughs> yeah, you're going to need some some guys on the line, and you're going to need a new quarterback out of that portal. Um, but uh, what this says to me is that Mel Tucker intends to kind of turn things over a little bit, and uh, we're seeing the process of that, right? Yeah, it, it's certainly a culture shift. I mean, I know we didn't have a, we don't have time for a lengthy discussion on this, but how, you know, is, is this just something we're comfortable with because it's the modern way of, of large programs and that's, that is what it is. And we want to be competitive or was there something charming about the D'Antonio way where there wasn't a lot of running people out of town? I mean, it's big time football, right? But on the other hand, like, these guys aren't getting paid. The program made a commitment to them, you know, made a commitment for the scholarship. Right. And yeah. we're going to fulfill that commitment. Yep. But playing time uh, is not guaranteed time. You know, the team is not guaranteed. Uh, and I'm fine with that. I'm comfortable with that side of things. As long as they're not ran off entirely, as long as this isn't an old Alabama over signing, you know, like guys show up to campus with their stuff and they're like, why are you here? Type of situation. Um, I'm okay with it. 
Well, uh, we also did have one departure this week. Indeed. Um, and Anthony Williams Jr. Uh, what did you what did you think of that, Greg? I mean, I think we all kind of looked around and we saw who's not getting any snaps at all. So Ant Williams was on that list. And I know his number got called a number of times last year. Uh, and we were kind of keeping an eye on him for potential, you know, breakout. But I don't think anyone expected Ant Williams to set the world on fire. And now indeed he's uh, entered the portal. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a situation where he ends up back on the roster. (laughs) No, Uh, I think uh, Connor Hayward. Yeah. I don't think that is going to be a recurring theme uh, for this, uh, for this group. Um, I think we should thank Aunt Williams for his service and wish him the best of luck. Here, here. Well, one piece of uh, good news as one goes out, one kind of comes in. We uh, picked up a commitment, second one for the class of 2022. Uh, Gavin, and I'm going to pronounce it this way because I think it's awesome, Brocious, Mm. uh, is a three-star offensive guard out of Goodyear, Arizona. He's 6'4", 290. Um, those, uh, Those numbers are are pretty good for a junior uh you know you expect him to add a little bit more weight um he his his uh his ranking will go up slightly um as you know he comes it comes into his senior year um and you know his uh i don't have his offer list in front of me but it was fine uh and fine (laughs) it was good it was good um uh, I, let's see that let's see that list yeah um the people but, can listen to me google continue it's, it's great podcasting look <laughs> I, it, this this continues the trend of first obviously courting the or the, the 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 measurables um first and foremost and you know it, it, this strikes me as a much earlier commitment than what we would have seen under the d'antonio years um yeah, and from a, a different geo, so to speak. Yeah, uh, pretty good. Arizona, Arizona State, Cal, Colorado, Kansas, Minnesota, Nebraska, Nevada, Utah, Vanderbilt. I mean, pretty solid. That's a good list. It's better than some of the lists that we've been seeing. Uh, I'll give him that, you know. Certainly the last few years anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this is uh, this is encouraging. This is honestly, if this was the D'Antonio era, uh, six four two ninety, they would have been talking about him playing tackle, um, and that tells you everything you need to know about why the team is the way that it is. Um, so uh, obviously, we wish Anthony Williams Jr. the best, but all in all, I think a uh, you know from a bye week standpoint, Tucker laid down a message that uh, was definitely heard, and uh, we picked up an exciting commit. So. Can't be mad about that, but uh, let's talk about the thing we're most excited about. Basketball. Are we like, has this snuck up on you guys? Like, yes. Yeah, right. Like basketball starts Wednesday. That might be news to a huge portion of our podcasting audience. Basketball starts Wednesday evening. For I mean, the Michigan State Spartans. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. Hey, hey. Hey, do not. Okay. 
we're getting this. We're getting some basketball. I need it. There are so many questions about this team, uh, but uh, you know we're currently ranked Kempom eleven. Uh, Plum, we lost a lot. Where? What are we? What's our, the sort of slate that we're starting with? Here? Well, we um we have a we have a decent uh, slate, mostly addition by subtraction, as Brock Washington is no longer on the team. Uh, that's the headline. That's the headline. Uh, but, but hat tip to the draft. We got to be very proud of our boys. Uh, we are out three seniors in Cassius Winston, Xavier Tillman, and of course, uh, Aaron's. Um, so good for them. Off they go. Uh, they're going to leave a pretty big hole on the team. I think, right. Cash was, uh, averaging 18 and a half, uh, points per game, um, seven and a half points, uh, uh, assists rather, um, you know, Xavier had uh, w- averaging 1.7 blocks a game. Aaron's wasn't too bad, you know, just under five points a game. These guys were, um, these guys were big contributors. Um, and, uh, and we're going to be, we're going to be, um, we're going to be hurting without them, but, but hat tip, uh, Cassius off to the wizards of, uh, of, uh, um, the Washington wizards or the Washington wizards, as it were, Washington's uh, Tillman, everywhere. Tillman down to Memphis where he will rejoin Jaron Jackson jr. Just love that consonant. Yes. Strong Best man at his wedding. See? Um, fellow member of the recruiting class of 2017, in fact. So um, we got to be happy for those guys. And we've got to mourn that we've given up three incredibly reliable Spartans uh, who have made a significant difference on this team and really positioned us well for what would have been a uh, national championship in 2020. So regrettable. Goddamn you, COVID. <laughs> I dare anyone to prove otherwise. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are 70 of our 200 minutes a game, right? So that's what is a percentage. Jesus, yeah. That's... Um, 35% of all minutes uh, are now off the team. I was, I'll be honest, I was a bit shocked that Ahrens was averaging 18 minutes a game. I just think of him as like this broken dude that like we hobble out there. And like, But um, I mean, the big things are, are cash and and Tillman, right? I mean, yeah. Replacing that, that we've prepared everyone for this. And of course they prepared themselves, but this is a generational break. Those two guys represented an era of Spartan hoops. And now we're either stepping into a new era or we're stepping into what will be seen as sort of like an interim year before a new era begins. But, um, there is a lot to be excited about. I mean, obviously we'll get to see, you know, Josh Langford for the first time in like 15 years, basically. Um, <laughs> Aaron Henry decides to issue the draft and come back to school. And then, of course, you know, Joey Hauser is going to come in and probably play. You know, he's going to fill some major minutes. He's going to he's going to probably play close to 30 minutes a game, something like that. So um, it'll be interesting what they do with Rocket kind of moving full time to the point guard position. Um, do, and then what, how does everyone show up at the five? Like, is it Kithier? Is it Bingham? Is it, you know, do you move up a hall or a marble? Does Maddie Sissoko really carve himself out, you know, a role there? It's, that's the most interesting. Now point guard's the most interesting position, but what ends up happening with the five? I, I have a feeling it's going to be Kithier that we're going to see at least in the next few weeks. And but then, isn't it crazy that last year, the question was who's going to play the four. And even though we ultimately were wrong, the answer was Kithier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, 
Unpopular take, I'm sure. I just don't know that it's Kithier. I, I it seems like to me starting is was probably going to go with Bingham. He did know. a lot of last season. He started a lot of Bingham. Now he was yanked relatively soon, but yeah. as a starter, I'm not that concerned about who's starting. I'm concerned about who's playing more minutes and who's playing at the end of the game. And I think that's probably going to be Kithier. I'm calling it now. It's Mandy Sissoko. I want to be on record. <laughs> Call the shot. Call the shot. Clubs on the Sissoko train. I'm on the Sissoko train. It's a big train. God, a isn't big it? wingspan. Isn't it? Seven four wingspan. Isn't it? The, the Malian. That come through. That train Mali. has the biggest wingspan you've ever seen on a train. <laughs> on an actual choo-choo train. It's got arms on arms on arms. Um so we so you you know, Greg, you brought up the the point as being sort of the most interesting question here. And I, I think what we've talked a little bit about this on the pod in the past, but it's, it bears repeating is, you know, we've we've grown accustomed to uh, a, a very uh, specific style of basketball. And and that is one where the whole offense ran through Cassius Winston. Yeah. Um, now we're going to have Rocket take over potentially as the point or not, maybe lawyer, who knows, uh, because Tom Izzo again today, or I'm sorry, Dwayne Stevens today echoed Tom Izzo in refusing to commit to who would be the point guard. Um, but it, it seems that if it is Rocket, that we may be experiencing more of a, what, 2014 Draymond team, where maybe a fair amount of the offense is running through Hauser. It's possible. And He's... you've just got a lot of athleticism on the perimeter. I mean, that um, would be good. That would be good for Rocket Watts as a college basketball player. That would not be good for Rocket Watts as a as an, potential future pro, you know? Right. He needs to learn how to run the offense. He needs to learn to bring the ball to the floor and distribute. So I think he knows that. So we'll see what he's been working on. Here's what I'll say about Foster Lawyer. Um in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Big Ten games of last season, six minutes was the most that he played at Nebraska. So that includes garbage time. But home against Ohio State, one minute. At Penn State, four minutes. At Maryland, two minutes. If Izzo can figure out something else to do with his point guard minutes, I think he's going to take that opportunity. So maybe. Maybe there's like a distribution of Rocket gets the the most minutes and then at the beginning of the season, Lawyer gets the next share and then Hogard gets the next share after that. And then over the course of the season, those two kind of flip. I could see that happening where it ends up being like Hogard ends up playing like 10, maybe more minutes at the at the one. But it's really hard to come in as a true freshman and play point guard in the big 10. It just is. Yeah. The interesting question to me, you know, lawyers problem more than anything else has been his defense. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if he's improved enough that you can kind of hide him, um, then, you know, is particularly if he's actually out there with rocket, if, if for whatever reason they go small and it's lawyer rocket Langford and Henry. And I know that's very small. But that's a lot of that's three strong defenders um, in in Rocket, um, Langford, and Henry. Mm-hmm. 
Henry being able to guard what uh, two for, through four. Yeah. One through four. One through four. And, you know, so you might be able to hide lawyer a little bit with those three guys out there. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, I, I, I don't have an answer. None of us have an answer, but I think the, the fascinating piece for, for me is this team has so many interesting combinations to it that it'll be fun to see Izzo play with it. The sad thing is Izzo doesn't have a lot of time to play with it. Um, there's just not that much non-conference game to screw around with his lineup before we hit Big Ten. Yeah, but there's a lot of latitude, I think, in this year's <laughs> college basketball slate. Like, if your end goal is ultimately get to get to the NCAA tournament, um, you do well to be in a major conference, I think, this year. I think the NCAA tournament committee is going to be like, Hey, we didn't get to do this last year. Uh, how do we absolutely maximize our eyeballs for this year? Um, <laughs> hey, Indiana, I mean, we are not there yet, but Indiana, you're eighth in the Big Ten. Guess what? You're in. Congratulations. We need right. We need those Bloomington eyeballs uh, watching TV this year. So um, I'm not that concerned about things being perfect. Uh, in the abbreviated uh, non-conference schedule. I also just want to acknowledge Gabraham. Gabe. Yeah, I was, I was going to actually, I was, yeah, well, so Gabe, um, Tom Izzo said will be like, uh, Mo Pete, uh, as a sixth man Mm -hmm. coming off the bench. What's interesting is Gabe can certainly play two and three, um, depending and, and four. I mean, he is six. Yeah, eight. sure. Yeah, he, yeah. He could definitely play the four. Um, the but we haven't also talked about Malik Hall, who showed some real flashes last year, and mm-hmm. you would expect to take a step this year. What's I mean, the clog at the the four and the three is is really it's going to be weird to see how these minutes shake out. Because yeah. that's also someone you don't want to lose. Like you don't want to lose out on the development. You don't want to lose out on the engagement. Um, so you know how tight is your rotation with you know that that many dudes that you could put in two through four. Yeah, it's really interesting that we didn't talk about him at all when he played in the twenty minutes at the end of last season. Um, so, and was good and was a good yep. defender. Yep. Yeah. He'll have a role for sure. For sure. <laughs> and yeah, it's like then, there, you know, and it's and it, it, as much as we were talking about 20, you know, the, the, the notion that there could be some reclassification of the class of 2022 down to the class of 2021, mm-hmm. which would require some people to exit the program. I'm just looking at the names here. We have people coming into the program and I'm I'm thinking I don't. It, where 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 are some these guys just don't even fit with the with the additions coming in yeah uh d- you let the coaching staff worry about that <laughs> <laughs> listen it's not been a problem this is not something that msu has had to deal with i'm sure it'll be fine if amani bates wants to join a year early it's gonna happen don't worry about that 
Plum, what are you uh, what are you looking forward to most about this year? <clears throat> um, not losing as much as we have in football, I guess would be what I'm go. most excited about. Um, that and just watching him play. I think um, I think we have a lot of promise. I'm really excited to see Rocket. I'm excited to see Langford again. I've almost forgotten what he's like. Um, yeah, I'm excited to see Aaron Henry. I'm excited to see Hauser. Uh, obviously, um, I mean, I'm on board with Sissoko, but I guess my, my point is even Foster Lawyer off the bench. Come on, Foster. Want help anyone? You? I love you. Maybe. We all want Foster to succeed finally. 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 But uh, there's a lot of questions for me. I mean, I think Rocket is young. Too young, very young. I don't think Lankford has got legs. I mean, Izzo knows he's says he's as strong as he's going to be. I don't know what that means in practice. We talked about it on the pod last week. Don't um, put that into the universe, Tom, if you can't deliver. So, you know, I think for me, I'm I'm most confident in Henry's ability. That's who I'm putting a lot of trust on. If he can um, keep the house, then for me, that's that's who the game is going to go through. Um, but I think there's a lot to be seen, and I think that is um, borne out in. Uh, I, you, you don't put a ton in, in uh, media preseason polls, um, you know, but they looked at Michigan State and they put us number four on the line. So um, no first place votes. I don't know. Is that a mistake? Maybe, probably, maybe not, though. Um, we don't have this depth. We don't have I mean, you, losing the players we lost. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of room. You guys talked about the minutes that are that are, are off the table now that we've got to fill in and who, who is going to step into them. There's some pretty big question marks there around reliability, around freshness, around strength. So um, is Illinois really a first place vote? That's outrageous. The answer to that is clearly no. Um, uh, uh, I, I think actually it, Illinois is probably your best bet. Really? You think first so? Place vote. Okay. I, well, they, they've got dudes and then they're adding in a couple dudes. This they've got like some their, guys. They've got their best recruiting class in like, the living memory of Illinois basketball coming in, I believe. Uh, and plus they've got big 10 freshman of the year, uh, still on the, yeah. on the, uh, roster and they've got, and DeSumo. Uh, DeSumo. Yeah, DeSumo. Yeah. I know, I know DeSumo, so, and DeSumo is good. I mean, I just, I'm thinking Garza and Iowa is, is going to be your player of the year probably. And ugh. you, I mean, I, I get fine, fine. You know, how I what feel is it with eyebrows? the big 10 and eyebrows? Damn it. I'm right. <laughs> All right, I got I've got a question for you guys before we before we bounce out of basketball. Because we we've had captains named. Mm-hmm. They are Aaron Henry, Josh Langford, and, and Foster Lawyer. Foster Lawyer. Hi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're talking about Rocket Watts taking a big step and running the point. We're talking about um a, a Joey Hauser is someone who potentially they're running a large amount of the offense through, who's going to be potentially a real game changer for this team. Whose team is this? Because, you know, for the last few years, it, it was, it was clearly Cassius's team. Yeah. So, you know, I, from an identity standpoint, I think it's a, a question worth asking is whose team is this? And it, because it, you would naturally look, I think under an Izzo, you know, under a lot of Izzo teams, we we tend to remember the point guard. You know, whether that's Drew Neitzel, Kalen Lucas, um, uh, obviously Cassius, um, Keith Appling, I'm, Keith Appling. Yes, thank you. I, I you you define eras based upon point guards yeah. mm-hmm. in a lot of yeah. in a lot of ways, and so, but it doesn't feel like this is Rocket's team, right? Is it? Not yet. Not team? this moment. It, that could change, what, though. Sure, I guess, but if you had to give an answer on day one, 
Whose team is it? Who's your pick? This might be an indicator that this is actually sort of a purgatory year in terms of eras. This is a a yes. bridge. Yes, that was my point. I, I, the, the, that's what I meant about Aaron Henry being the most reliable player out that I feel confident about saying anything. And he's he's not running the point. He's not, and he's not ever stepped up in a way that 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 would make you say, "I could never sit here straight face say this is Aaron Henry's team," right? Yeah, and this may be the year that you know. This may be the the hopefully being named a captain. Captain, excuse me, gives him the license to step up to. Yep. Yeah, in a way that he hasn't quite since what maybe is that LSU game to you know, uh, on in the run to the Final Four. Is that the last time we saw Henry like take over a game? So I'd love to see him step forward. Otherwise, I'm telling you right now, and I think you guys have said it, I think you specifically said it, Grooch, that Rocket could have a banner year. He could break out. This could be this could be the beginning of the Rocket era. And I would love to see that. We would all love to see that. It would be amazing. Or the or the Hauser era era. You could say that just as easily. Mm, it doesn't really ring off the roll off the tongue. <laughs> Rocket era. Well, either way, we're going to we're going to chat a little bit more basketball when we get into the preview section of the games this week, but um there's there's a lot to look forward to. Um and and I think uh a lot of questions but none that feel bad. Just questions. Uh and so that's uh, that'll be encouraging. Um before we move off Grand River, we want to say a quick word from one of our sponsors. Brandon Sands, who wants to let you know that mortgage rates are very near historical lows. Uh, these are exceptionally low rates. Greg can attest to that. Yeah. If you happen to be in the market to buy a home or if you own a home and you're paying more than 4% and you're thinking about refinancing, we want to let you know about our friend Brandon because he is the mortgage loan originator for you. Brandon has closed over 10,000 loans and works for one of the largest mortgage lenders in the country, guaranteed rate. Brandon's got a consultative approach. He'll sit down with you and help find the money product that is best for your life goals. Um, the so, money product? Is that what we're saying I mean, now? I the, mean, I, I don't know what to say. He's selling money. That's what he's he's money selling product. money. The money package. Anyway, you can find Brandon at rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. That's rate.com backslash Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. Rate.com backslash Brandon Sands. Get yourself some money products. No, can't read, can't write listeners. No promises implied. God. Something else really said really fast. Uh, other fine yeah. print here, and please don't sue us. Yep. Uh, money products. Money products. All right. Uh, off Grand River, uh, I'm just going to say some words here, and I want some reactions. Uh, it's a recession. It's a pandemic. It's a broken college football season. And South Carolina has bought out Will Muschamp for $15 million. Good God. Good God. This is like the, go ahead. The other side of, you know how like no college basketball coaches got fired after the NCAA tournament got canceled. This is like, they should all be sweating right now. You know, if you're, if your name is Richard Patino up in Minnesota, you should be like, oh God, it's back. It could happen at any time now. Um, like this is this is bananas though. Fifteen million dollars left on the oh my god. Will goodbye. Ride off into the sunset, take your money, go away. Holy 
good lord. I I hope. I'm curious. I didn't Google, and I should have. I hope South Carolina has not furloughed anybody. Um, I certainly hope they haven't laid anybody off. Oh, but they certainly have. And, know, well, and if time. this has been paid for by a donor, I think the donor should have to publicly say that. <laughs> like, you know what? I know, I know people can't pay rent right now. I know people are, are lining up at food banks. And, you know, I had $15 million and I thought the best use of my money was to fire, a, to, to pay a coach to leave a room. I'm not aware of any uh, huge South Carolina Gamecock boosters that are like, <laughs> let's break this off for Will and uh, and just move on. <clears throat> I have a feeling that this was, you know, it doesn't even seem like I know that he's been there for a minute, but it doesn't even seem like he's been there for that long. Was he there but four years? It's it, this is year five. Uh, year five. As it turns out. Was. I mean, was hey, he could. He could have uh, two wins, including a triple overtime win over Rutger, and be in year six. So it, it could be worse. <laughs> and yet somehow yeah. he's the one that just made fifteen million dollars. I love it. Love uh, it. Well, uh, speaking of terrible, uh, terrible people and terrible coaches, uh, Plum, you wanted to say a word about Dabo. <laughs> Dabo Sweeney is the actual worst he's <laughs> okay first well tell tell people what happened okay so okay. that they know in okay. case they don't know why Dabo okay. was in the headlines okay. this time this time I, oh god okay if his name didn't his name tells you everything you need to know let's just start there his name tells you everything you need to know the name and all four of his teeth all right listen uh <laughs> sorry Clemson was supposed to travel to Florida State for an ACC conference football game over the weekend. Did travel to Clemson to Florida. Great State. point. Did great, travel. great point. Did travel was supposed to play. Uh, three hours before kickoff, Florida State announced they were not going to play the game out of an abundance of caution because Clemson, although they were following the ACC's protocols, we will get to that in a minute. Had a player who was COVID symptomatic, had not been feeling well had still practiced with the team, then traveled with the team, and when they arrived in Tallahassee, tested positive for COVID. Now, let's not forget that Florida State's coach, Mike Norville, has already been COVID positive. He's been sick with it. So if anyone understands what's on the line here, you would, you would assume and expect that uh, perhaps the individual who has been most recently infected with a virus might have some experience and, and I don't know, an opinion on the matter. So uh, as it were, Florida State, they canceled the game. They didn't play. And Dabo came out swinging, calling Florida State a bunch of sandbaggers. You know, it's this sort of sanctimony. It's this sort of armchair bullshit. That is absolutely typical of 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 someone of that ilk. Uh, the 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 re- I mean, just I I have no I have no um, sympathy for him. The the truth is, he's done good things with the Clemson program. No one can argue that. Okay, and uh, and 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 you got to give him credit. He was following ACC protocols. I think those ACC protocols are insane. Uh, the truth that we know about these symptoms are that when you have them, we're, we we aren't seeing huge rates of, of flu right now. And so individuals who are getting inoculated against the flu, for example, when they're coming down with these other flu-like cases, um, 
guess what? In a world where we're we're putting up hundreds of thousands of new cases every single week across this country, you have COVID. Okay, so <laughs> it's 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 you know this isn't this isn't a question. The the fact that the ACC allows players who are symptomatic but are testing negative on rapid tests, which we know have an inter- a terrible specificity rate, um, a rapid negative test means very little. They're allowing them to still travel with the team, practice with the team, go on to play in games. Um, it's reckless. So, you know, he can hide behind what the ACC has done. And sure, uh, Florida State, you know, probably didn't need to wait uh, as long as they did to cancel the game. They probably had all the information that they needed. They didn't know that this player was going to test positive when he showed up in town. Um, so that's certainly a contextual factor that you have to play here. But this is what playing in a, in a pandemic does. Okay, it's a crapshoot. You have to be flexible. You have to be grace-filled. You have to be, um, I don't know, selfless. Put others first. Consider the number of people that are dying every single day in this country to this disease. And the fact that we don't know what happens when you get sick. We don't know what happens to these uh, top-tier Division One athletes who are in the best cardiovascular health of their life and how that cardiovascular health is somehow working against them when it comes to the disease and is potentially putting them at higher risk of of, uh, of coronary heart uh, 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 disease or or situations which are, you know, confounding their, their healing. So this is, this is beyond this. He has to get off his high horse. Um, and you know, you've got, uh, Clemson defensive assistant, uh, some, some guy who cares what his name is out there tweeting. There's another pandemic ravaging our nation right now. Political correctness. Shut up. You, you, you're, you are the pandemic ravaging our nation right now, and it's idiocracy. It's this flat earth sort of like, oh, well, they're not even dying very much. Come to the hospital where I work. Come to the hospital in Michigan, in southeastern Michigan, the hospitals that are turning around, turning away ambulances and EMS right now because of the inundated loads they're getting uh, around uh, nursing homes, old folks' homes, um, uh, uh, skilled nursing facilities and the like. Okay, 150,000 new cases a day is not a joke. There's a reason why people are staying home uh, for Thanksgiving, everyone's favorite celebration. Dabo Swinney's an absolute moron. His defensive assistant's somehow dumber than he is stupid, and they're an absolute embarrassment. A, a, a national leader program like Clemson has to be better. They need to be best. So this was a joke. Shut up. And I'll put down my microphone. Thanks. Uh well said, Plum. But you're not done yet because you watched a fair amount of Big Ten football this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh you a wanted a couple and then yeah, uh... <laughs> and and I want to share one thing that uh that bums me out uh about um the Illinois Nebraska game. Um because uh Illinois after trouncing Nebraska um sent out a tweet that said, thanks Nebraska for bringing big 10 football back, which was spectacular. <laughs> um, we, we should rub it into Nebraska's face every chance we get like a new puppy. You're trying to teach not to shit in the house. We should just <laughs> rub their face in it. But Illinois deleted the tweet and that bums me out. Yeah. You got to because by that. You, you, you got to, you should, you're well within rights. You could be, you know, you could be having a Rutger level year. And if you beat Nebraska, you should absolutely just stomp on their grave. 
Um, so, Plum, now that you've had a chance to breathe, do you want to comment on some Indiana, Ohio State, and or <laughs> some <laughs> triple overtime Michigan Ooh, Rutgers? Nothing feels better than watching Michigan finally win this season in triple overtime. I, they really deserved it. You know, I will say this. The fourth quarter, Michigan actually looked good. Um, and by good, I mean not bad. And, you know, um, Butger came out strong. Uh, you got to give him a lot of credit. They came out early, put some points on the board. I thought they had it in the bag. Uh, and then fourth quarter, who could have told you that Michigan was going to come rally around right at the beginning of the fourth quarter? They came through, um, tied it up, took over, and I I loved it. I, it was an exciting football game. It was an exciting football game. I want to say people people give Harbaugh a really bad time about not being able to win the big ones. Yes. And I think I think we should all tip our cap to Harbaugh yes. for finally getting that monkey off. Finally his back. getting a big one. And be, and being being the Rutger. You know, <laughs> they deserved it. They deserved the win. And Rutger worked hard, but not hard enough. It was, I mean, it was an exciting game. It was, it was actually an exciting game. If you watch the game, there were plenty of unforced errors, sacks, turnovers, uh, just bad plays. Uh, runs up the middle, a la Michigan State, going nowhere. Um, guys, yeah, Shiano really screwed up the second. Overtime. Oh my god! Like it, like he was intentionally doing it because he didn't want to win because he wanted to give Michigan this opportunity. And Harbaugh and the fucking field goal kickers. Uh, <laughs> I heard that. I heard that they both missed. They both missed their first field. It was like <laughs> they were like, oh, oh, you're gonna miss? No, no, this is how you miss. Oh, that's no, how you sir. Miss? I insist. No, no, no. Please, I'll show you how to miss. So I was. I kept texting my dad, who had a, a slight coronary because you know, as an avid Lions and Michigan fan, the poor man is destined for failure. Um, and he was like, I don't care what happens. It just needs to end. And I was like, it's never gonna end. This is the glory of teams this bad. It will never end. So that was a great game. I would tell you, Ohio State, Indiana, um, only losing by seven is a real testament to Indiana. They're very good this year. They kept up with Ohio State. Um, Yeah, they made it a game. They did did a great game. Well, and they made it a game in the first quarter. I mean, apart from a number of uh, silly errors, Michigan-esque errors in the first quarter, Ohio State was right with them. Fields threw two interceptions Mm -hmm. in the first quarter in his first all season. So – you know, you got to give Indiana um, secondary a, a ton of credit, reading the game, reading fields, being where they needed to be, picking off the ball, moving it around. Uh, that was another exciting game to watch. Uh, if you pick the ball off, though, don't fumble it on your return. That was a challenge for them. And again, uh, I don't have much of a soapbox to get on here because that has not been our strength this season either. But I will say two strong games. Definitely was rooting for Indiana, forks up. Definitely rooting for Butger. So disappointed in the outcomes, but gotta love the journey. <laughs> gotta love the journey. And Penix Jr. Uh, threw for or had 500 yards in total offense, or threw for 500. Which yards. again, yeah. you know, we I think you said this well, to me earlier. It had to be throw because they they couldn't rush. They the were ball not. They were not. So, oh, that's right. Yeah, was, uh, was it Stevie Scott yes. had like yeah. 10 yards of, yep. of on the ground? It was actually nine and seven eighths. But that's it's neither here nor there. What I would say, and you said this, I think Jones earlier, which is um, we didn't even put up give them give up that many yards. Right on the on the the on pass yard, so that's really um that's really an indictment I think of Ohio State and to some extent you know um says well for Indiana, so yeah good. This might be Rocky Lombardi's game when we play them. Then is what you're telling Mm, me. I'm not just throw the deep ball. I'm not going to tell you that. 
Mm-mm. No, okay. because uh, I want to just point back to the uh, the turnovers. Thanks. <laughs> um. Well, uh, I it was it was nice to just to just enjoy college football instead of being stressed out by it. So, um, you know, it was a nice bye week. Uh, but Greg, college football playoff committee had some words about the idea of expanding the college football playoff this year. Uh, yeah. So uh, they decided. Uh, Against it. What a surprise. Hmm. They decided not to do it. Weird. Quote, the year, what was it they said? Year 2020 has been one of uncertainty and change, but we are not changing the playoff format. Finally. Finally, <laughs> we we have some North Star God by which us. we can guide ourselves. God help us. Thank, yeah, thank God for the certainty. And heaven forbid, we actually enjoy a little bit more football in what's otherwise been a dumpster fire of a year. Thank you for really reading the room. God, they're just everything's terrible all yeah, the time. Yeah, they're 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 inexplicably bad. How do you when it? I mean, when when a team to, to Clemson's point, I mean, one of the reasons why Dabo got so worked up, right, is because they needed that win, and it should have been a win. I think what Florida State's got one win on the season so far. So that yeah. oh yeah, for sure that was a, that was a gimme game, and he needed the win. He needed the win to remain competitive. I mean, it's the same reason why uh, Eastern Carolina got the score run up on them uh, last week. Right, because yeah. these, by by, yeah, by Cincy, because they want they want the wins because no one knows. So yeah, sure. Now there's a North Star. That's great. That's just wonderful and good. But, but yeah, no one's records mean anything. Cincy, yeah, heaven forbid we get to see Cincy and BYU in the playoffs. Right. Like, what? Why is that such a yes, bad thing? It's not. You know. So or and as we'll get onto the previews in a little bit here in a second, you know, we may be looking at an undefeated Northwestern for all we know going into a Big Ten championship game. So uh, into the into that. the national championship game. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, let's we'll get to some previews in a second. But first, a word from our sponsor, Preserved Homemade. Preserved Homemade is a goods and provision store bringing the tastes of home in the form of homemade treats. Their newest drop will be coming on December 15th, which will include staple and seasonal winter cookies. Seasonal winter cookies include chocolate, chocolate and peppermint, Italian wedding cookies, molasses cookies, and gingerbread. Plus, don't forget the OG chocolate chip cookies that Plum salivated into his microphone about. Do you know how hard it is to dry a microphone after you've salivated in it? No, tell me more. I put it in the microwave. That was a bad decision. (laughs) Uh, You can find Preserved Homemade on Instagram at preserved underscore homemade or head to their website, preserved-homemade.com to treat yourself or someone you love to some homemade goodness. All right, gentlemen, we got three games. Three games to preview. That's thrice times a preview. Plum, let's talk Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan! To be clear, in basketball. This is basketball. (laughs) We are going to play the emus of Eastern Michigan. Actually, they're the Eagles. Little known fact, people do... Little known, Dude, not the Huron flightless bird. Uh, they should have embraced emus. That would have been better. No one is arguing that, by the way. Um, so they are uh, they are rated on Kempom 155 against R11. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, playing Wednesday, <laughs> tip at six o'clock at the uh, Brez, the Big Brez. Um, some are saying uh, this team best defense in the MAC. They got three dudes over 6'10". That is big. Not Sissoko big, but still big, big. Actually, that probably is Sissoko big. Um, we'll have to check on their uh, to check on their wingspan there, I guess. 
Uh, redshirt senior Ty Gross was their leading scorer last year. He's back, so good for him. Glad he's uh, glad he's back. See what he can do with the Eagles. Clearly able to disrupt some passing lanes. Uh, guy was averaging nearly two steals a game. Um, unfortunately, they lost their leading shot blocker and rebound, uh, rebounder who dominated those categories comparatively, but have got a kid out of Missouri, seven foot senior Axel Okongo, uh, another redshirt senior, James Love the third from Kent state, six eleven redshirt. So, um, this is, uh, this is going to be a good game and we'll see who comes off the bench. We'll see how well, uh, uh, you know, um, rocket does at the point. This is this a early established game for him. Uh, does he make some um, some unnecessary errors and uh, give old Stevie Izzo and Foster Lawyer the opportunity to suit up and uh, you know snipe City with these uh, with these kids driving the ball? Um, so I don't know. What do you guys? Yeah, what do you guys worth, think? It's, it's worth yeah. It's worth mentioning. Eastern runs a two three zone. Their coach is a disciple of uh, Beheim out of Syracuse. So uh, for those who still have PTSD from. What was it? That elite eight game. Oh yeah. Uh, and they've got tall eight. rangey dudes. Perfect. Yes. That sounds great. So yes. Yeah, so, uh, think of a, that Syracuse team actually wasn't that good either. No, um, it wasn't. So, That's what made it such a relevant loss. How is Jim yeah, Beheim so, still the coach at Syracuse? I just, that surprises me for some reason. Embalming fluid. Yeah, okay. The answer that could that. be the answer. <laughs> that could very well be the answer. Like, so yeah, this will be, this will be a game for Foster and Gabe to do, uh, do some three point shooting, hopefully. Um, and Hauser, I think will probably be playing that, uh, that Ben Carter role at the top of the key, uh, that there's much ado about. So, um, I mean, look, we should comfortably win, but I, I think what's interesting about Eastern, right. Is that it's a chance to see us against that two, three zone that has at times bothered Izzo teams. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see how this team shoots, though. I mean, that'll be the whole trick of it. You know, Rocket Watts has struggled a little bit with his three-point shooting, but uh, Langford, you know, can hit it. Hauser can definitely hit it. He was shooting over 40% in his one one year at uh, at Marquette. So, you know, maybe this is the time for Bingham to start, and he, you know, hangs out on the perimeter and hits knocks down some threes. We'll find out. Yeah. I think, I think we should mention it's, it's worth saying about Hauser that first of all, it's hilarious that the one, the reason he left Marquette is because he shot over 40% from behind three point and they didn't give him the ball more. Cause why wouldn't you give a f- over 40% shooter behind the arc, the ball more? Um, but it's because they had a ball dominant point guard. I just, as an aside, it'll be curious to see how that works out with rocket. Yeah, I don't think Tom's going to let that get too out of hand, but we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, Greg, we also have Notre Dame on Saturday as part of a doubleheader with football. Yeah. Well, first off, I think this is the first non-Big Ten ACC challenge regularly scheduled game against Notre Dame in my MSU basketball watching career. Are you guys... Mm, like, I think that's correct. Uh, like, where did this come from? We have both Detroit and Notre Dame on the schedule at the same time. The two programs that we had always pointed at is like, they won't play us or we don't want to play them in the case of Detroit. It's just, if this year wasn't crazy enough, those two teams are on the, are on the schedule. So, um, Notre Dame, we're going to play three ACC teams, um, (laughs) of which Notre Dame will be the worst, uh, by far of the three. 
Uh, current Ken Palm 80, which is uh, going to put you behind the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers and Furman and Northern Iowa and St. Bonaventure. So, um, you know, you know, that, that kind of crew. Um, <laughs> but, you know, they got they got some guys. They've got Hub. They've got Durham. Um, they're going to be taking some shots, I believe. Uh, I think they're supposed to be a, uh, a three point shooting team. Um, but we'll find out. I, I mean, I, I think it's kind of exciting to have Notre Dame on the schedule. I think we should play them more often because yeah. I hate them and we would beat them. And I want that to happen more. I, yes. so I don't, uh, I don't understand why we aren't playing every team in Indiana every year, but. It, and did you know Notre Dame owns the all time advantage over Michigan state in basketball? I wouldn't be surprised by that because they haven't played us in a long time. Sure. Right. But what's the story? 96 meetings in total. Is it? See, that's what I'm talking about. This is a naturally occurring matchup that just hasn't happened. And I think I think the story is that it's on them. Right. Like they just don't want to play us or Steve or what Mike Bray just. The the last time they last time they came to Breslin in 2017 uh and lost and before that uh it was 2014 in south bend where they won those were big 10 acc challenge games though right? oh sure yeah yes so uh hopefully this becomes more of a theme uh i'd like to play notre dame and detroit both more frequently so that'll be good yeah game. and um, it'll happen i mean we've all got our saturdays plan so stay home watch football watch basketball speaking of which jonesy northwestern five and oh uh desperately hoping i'll be able to watch either um as i'm not sure if i'm solo parenting all day Um, so and with the northwestern kick at 3 30 that is firmly outside of nap time um so uh, northwestern is now officially the leader in the big 10 west at five and oh They are currently ranked 11th in the AP poll, which is their highest ranking since 1996 when they were 11th going into a bowl game. What's interesting is that the SP plus ranking, which is a, an uh, efficiency and tempo adjusted ranking system, sort of like a a Ken Palm for football uh, does not view them quite as favorably, favorably having them just outside of the top 25. It's likely because their offense is fine. It's fine. Um, they did put up a lot of points on Maryland, uh, 43, but that's Maryland. Um, they put up 21 on Iowa, 21 on Nebraska, uh, 27 on Purdue and 17 on Wisconsin. Um, it is notable that it's an offense that's in flux as they let go of their offensive coordinator from last year. So we're seeing a little bit of a new Northwestern, if you will. Uh, Peyton Ramsey is an interconference uh, transfer from Indiana who lost the starting job there to Michael Penix. He is now the quarterback for Northwestern. They're sporting two backs, Drake Anderson, who's averaging 4.1 yards per carry and Isaiah Bowser, 2.9 yards per carry. Bowser has more of the touches though, by a smidge. Um, and they have a leading receiver who's, I'm just going to call Ramond, Ramond. Ramad, that's what I'm calling him. Uh, in five games, he has 22 receptions, which is more than he had all of last year. Um, as I said, this might be a bit of a reflection on 
the changes in Northwestern. That's all the stats you need to know about their offense. Again, it's fine. Uh, defensively, though, they're a little better, they're right? Yeah. Very good. Um, this is a very, very, very good defense. They run a 4 3, much like uh, Michigan State ran under D'Antonio. Uh, they. <laughs> They have a defensive back, Brandon Joseph, who is averaging an interception a game. Um, the linebacking core is strong as ever. Patty Fisher seems to be back for maybe conservatively his ninth year now. Uh, and he's not even leading the team in tackles. Uh, it, it is uh, He's just outside the lead behind a fellow linebacker, Blake Gallagher. This team is really good, and our offense is really not so, uh, like, I, you know, I don't know what to say. This is, I, I forget, I think the over-under was at 40-something, 40 44, maybe 47. I've never wanted to bet the under so bad in my life, and I'm not even a gambler on sports. Uh, I know we're not contributing to the to the point total. Yeah, to that scoring so, total. And, uh, and I know that our defense has not been bad, and Northwestern's offense is not that good. So... Um, very good Northwestern team. Unfortunately, I hate to predict a loss for Michigan state and I refuse to, but, uh, a lot of things would need to change on the offensive side of the ball. Let's just say that, um, for us to pull out a W here. Um, but I do think we can feel, I look for that 21 number. Can we hold them to less than that? Um, you know, if, if we're able to hold them to less than 21, I think we can feel keep our heads high on, on that, uh, you know, defensively we're, we're actually pretty good. Um, if it is higher than 21, I would say how many turnovers are there and what was their average starting position, uh, field position, because lately it's been in our side of the, uh, you know, uh, of, of the field. So right. that's the, that's the piece of the matchup to watch. This um, is a game that D'Antonio teams would lose six to three. <clears throat> yes. Yes. Uh, and honestly, so clear out your if, Saturday afternoon. <laughs> if if we lose this six to three, I say be happy about that because uh, it is again a very good Northwestern defense. Um, so before we head to the uh, the old Twitter questions, uh, Plum, uh, we have a not a sponsor for this week. Oh, do we ever, gentlemen? This week's episode of Can't Read Can't Write is not brought to you by the General <laughs> Services Administration who wants you to know they're still here. The GSA, as they're known in D.C., uh, the University of Michigan football program of the federal bureaucracy, is generally steady, reliable, and lacking in anything approaching attractiveness. And while the GSA usually stays out of the limelight and tries to get the job done, this fall, like their Ann Arbor compatriots, they really want you to know they're here. And oh boy, they sure are. Like Michigan's utter failure at pass coverage for most of the season, GSA Administrator Emily Murphy's been laying eggs for a couple weeks, waiting without reason or evidence to ascertain the winner of the presidential election. Until this weekend, when, inspired by Michigan's inexplicable win over Rutgers and three OTs, Murphy decided she could get back to basics and do her job. The GSA, like Michigan, somehow still here and soon fading into the background where they all belong. Thank you, GSA. We appreciate you being not a sponsor yeah. of this episode of Camera. Rip from the headlines. <laughs> Rip from the headlines. Not um, Great. All right. Great. It is time for Twitter questions. 
I am a bit worried because our first three questioners, literally the first three people to respond to the prompt for questions are all Wolverines. Oh, God. Um, so Guys, first time what, questioner. What, are, what are we doing wrong? What have yes. we done to put ourselves in this situation? I think we need to look inward. We need to do reflection. Um, but let's go. Let's I, get these. I honestly have been. We need to have a team meeting about this. Maybe, you know, uh, maybe we just get together, do some, you know, maskless team bonding exercises to really figure it out. Maybe we shut down um, the pod. <laughs> oh maybe, maybe we wear some Jim Harbaugh masks and, and just broadcast that way and see. How That's it goes. not all we don't but have anyway. to not wear. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. First up is Brendan for AFC. Said, should the Heisman Committee award Cabe, Cade McNamara the Heisman now or wait until December? Greg. Why wait? The coronation, man. You know, and, and wait until December. What do you mean? It's a wait until September. There's September Heismans down there. Are we going to call him the Cager? Cager? How do you? Cade? Cadevier? How do you do? The Cade? The Cadevier? Um, whatever it is, it's uh, just pass. Just Go ahead and shut the program down, you guys. Um, I, I appreciate the self-referential humor, Brendan. Yes. Uh, it is sad what you all do to yourself every year, as we've covered at length on this pod. Yep. I don't, um, I don't I'm know why you I'm very excited for you. Uh, but let's continue. Let's keep this rolling. Uh, next up from Nick Kamansky. Did you watch the Titanic clash between Michigan and Rutgers? And if so, what did you think of Cade McNamara? Nick, I think the barometer for whether a quarterback a quarterback is good or not is can he lead a heroic triple overtime uh, victory over Rutger? That is that's what you look for in a quarterback. That's what we all dream of, you know, when we're in high school and we're like, oh my god, the, I'm going to be a star quarterback on the football team. I'm going to get you know brought into the game. I'm going to lead a three overtime comeback against Rutgers. Yeah. And, and they get carried I, off the field. Coach is going to call me in after the modern day Cam Newton is benched. Like it, it's just going to be, oh. God, it's so that's sad. how we draw it up in the dreams. Next up from Nick Kamansky, Jonesy. It's oh. about to be the end of the semester. And that means course evaluations. So I'll pose a question to you. How would you rate my contributions to the podcast community? On a scale from one to five, where one is horrible and five is the most important part of the pod. Is this a Likert scale? Is there a not horrible, but not most important part of the pod in the middle? Or is this just a rating you, scale? You work, continuum? you work in surveys, Greg. Uh, I mean, yeah. Tell me, tell me what my two, three and four are. I actually prefer at least a seven point model. So you get some granularity in between, sure, uh, sure. in between uh, response options. Uh, Nick, relative newcomer to the pod still, right? Like been and, contributing and, for a couple months now. And honestly has not uh, unseated our favorite troll who is next. So listen, I'm going to give you, Nick, a solid three. Wow. But with upward potential. Wow. Upward potential. Just work on it. I'd say two trending three, but you know. Yeah, I mean you're not you're not in Cade McNamara territory, but um, yeah, you, you've not quite led a heroic comeback against Rutger. Yeah, um, but you know, uh, speaking of uh, favorite trolls though, CT and TC, 
I feel like maybe I missed some of his questions when I collected this, uh, <laughs> but he, this question is the most important uh-huh. question. Plum, have you ever had frosted tips? If you have seen my hair, you know that that would not work out for me. For for one, all the more reason that I would say yeah, yes. I wish, but no, I was never cool. I've had a side part that I've been rocking since like fourth grade, so that just doesn't bode well. And as my friends like to tell me, I have like Lego Man hair—the kind of hair you can just sort of pop on and off the Lego Man. That's that's why sure. it just doesn't work well for frosting. I will tell you though that I was very envious of the friends of mine in middle school whose parents frosted their tips. One, in fact, his grandmother, I believe, uh, came to town to visit and she was like, David, you can't go out and play because I have to frost your tips. And I just thought my grandma never frosted my tips. Grandma doesn't love me. God, David's got the best grandma. Everybody knows. Did, uh, did Plum's grandma frost your tips, uh, Greg? (laughs) Let's move on. A, a gentleman doesn't get frosted tips until we'll just say <laughs> next up right. from verbose Dutch plum. Have you ever had a coworker publicly publicly criticize you who is completely inept at their oh job? God, yes. Today. Oh. In fact, although I don't know. How it was, <laughs> but I, yeah, for sure. It's a fun game I've been playing for the past several months. Um, yeah, of course this feels very specific. Verbose yeah. Verbose, it's almost like, you know, something. Yeah. Oh shit. Um, uh, no, of course, of course I have. Why wouldn't you? Isn't that the greatest part? I mean, and this is why I took pains to criticize G at GSA Emily, because I'm, I'm also inept at my job. So isn't that how the cycle works? You always criticize the people when you yourself are inept at your own thing. Good for us. Let it roll. Let it roll. Uh, Greg verbose Dutch also asks, why doesn't MSU call the touchdown play more? <laughs> well, you don't want to overdo it for both Dutch, right? Like it would be so easy if MSU just called the touchdown play every time, but they, like, where's the fun in that? So sometimes you got to call the interception play. And sometimes you got to call the, you know, runoff tackle for zero yards play. And sometimes you got to, you know, and then once or twice a game, you throw the touchdown play out there. You know, and when you've suffered for enough years, every now and again, you get a year like 2014 where you actually had a really good offense. Yeah. And and we we yearn for those days again. They'll be back. Uh, Next up from our guy, Anthony Garbert, uh, prop bet for the this week. Is, this Josie. is hold on. I just want to say this is the best Twitter question we got this week. Maybe this month. Go ahead. Uh, it sounds like it maybe is for Plum, actually. Yeah, then Plum. How many combined points is OSU going to score on MSU slash U of M versus the estimated distance between Ryan Day's eyebrows in millimeters? Over, under, set at 120 millimeters slash 4.72 inches. 4.72 inches. When you actually look at his face, you realize that 4.72 inches is not an exaggeration. This is not okay, you guys. It's not okay. I showed a friend this weekend who doesn't even watch football and has no clue what or who Ryan Day or Ohio State is, those eyebrows, just because they are so offensively inappropriate. They shock the general conscience. People who don't care are otherwise bothered by what they see (laughs) on his face. So... I'm going over 4.72 inches for sure. And combined points OSU scoring on MSU U of M is going to be 
64, uh, 63 of which will be scored against U of M. Yes, they're going to run back a missed extra point on Michigan State, and that will be the only uh, point that Ohio State scores against us. I'm putting it out into the universe. Thank you. That would be two points, by the way. Wait, no. If they, if I thought if you kick the point after attempt and they they block it and run it back, that's just a point. Is it two? It's a two. Damn it! It's a two point conversion. Yeah. Does it count as a stafety? Oh yeah, is he a two point? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. Yep, yep. They converted the two. Damn it! Okay. Yep. All right. But you were rolling. I never should have. Uh, I never should have. No, we all, we all learned something here. And yeah. Plum, a stickler for the rules, I'm sure oh, yeah. is glad to have thought. So this here's too. a question, though. Can um, you score only one yeah. point in football? No. Uh, no. Okay. I don't Very think so. Very good. Very good. There it is. I don't think you can score fewer than two points. Yeah. Yeah, that would be it. Noted. Which makes you wonder Why? Why was, why was someone like, mm. it's almost as if the safety was an afterthought and they're like, well, it's definitely worth more than one point, <laughs> but it's not a field goal, right? Like we said, if you kick the ball through the thing, that's worth three. <laughs> yeah. I know you pinned them deep and were able to actually stop them and tackle them in the end zone. It really would be offensive to say that it's only worth one point. It's so. an accomplishment, you know, at the very yeah, least. Yeah. They're like, well, we can't say it was worth more than three. So you know what? They've got to kick it back to you again. That's the compromise. <laughs> Two points and you get the ball back. It's one third a touchdown doing that. <laughs> so that, that'll that be the approach. Uh, Garvert, excellent question. And thank you again for raising awareness of Ryan Day's eyebrows. Uh, eyebrows. Uh, Next question. No, oh. this one's for both of you gentlemen because it does not apply to New Jersey inhabitants unless I'm planning to travel for, to Michigan for the holidays, which I am not. Question is, how are you handling Thanksgiving with relatives this year with the limitations caused by COVID and the, the dictator who rules over the state of Michigan with an iron fist? Uh, of course, that is a reference to Kelly Stafford's Snapchat video wherein she called Gretchen Whitmer a dictator. Kelly Stafford, as good at words as her husband is at football. Very good. Very good, you dum-dum. Uh, I will tell you that uh, I have been in quarantine. Uh, will be two weeks on Thursday and got a COVID test. I uh, just got my actually uh, results right before we started recording this evening. So negative test, which means I'm going to see my parents and bringing the dog, but my siblings and their fiancés are not coming. They have not been able to quarantine or follow the same level of restrictions. So we will join them virtually. Greg. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I am in a uh, COVID uh, self-quarantine right now. Uh, we had a, uh, a brush with the Rona. Uh, we're well, but we are still following protocols. So that actually freed us up a little bit. Didn't have to do the whole family negotiation, assigning mm-hmm. times, going back and forth thing. It is going to be a fully digital Thanksgiving with the family this year. Uh, Christmas, we'll probably have to do some kind of two-week thing. Uh, like you, but we'll figure that out. Now, Greg, are you just um, mixing protein powder with oatmeal or doing spam? What are you doing for food on Thanksgiving? My understanding is that there will be a a white bread um, with some kind of festive topping, mm-hmm. perhaps perhaps a butter, maybe a, a cranberry sauce. That's great. Um, but that seems like a bit much. 
It'll probably yeah. be white bread with butter. Yeah, with butter. <laughs> Maybe we'll toast it. I don't wow. know. We'll find out. What a this slender man. Greg's personality. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> Next up is B list who asks uh, Cassius and Tillman in the NBA. Who has the bigger immediate impact and who has the more productive long-term pro career? Greg, I'll pass to you. Well, we're entering negotiations to bring in a uh, NBA uh, NBA correspondent, maybe to to uh, discuss this topic on a future episode. I'm going to go Tillman for both. Um, Cassius did land in an okay situation over the Wizards. You know, did he? Listeners to this podcast know who Ish Smith is, and they know that Ish is in no one's long term plans, and. Uh, <laughs> And John Wall is, of course, coming off of like five consecutive years of injury. So it's possible that Cash is paid the entire time, too. Yeah, it's a good gig if you can get it. Um, it's going to be possible that Cash will spend some time on the roster. I'm betting that'll be a two way contract if it's not already um, formal. But Tillman's going to play this year. Tillman ended up in a really good situation. Grizzlies team that is on the come Fun. up. And uh, I like that for him. So I, with all due respect to Cassius, I'm going to give both of these both immediate impact and productive long-term career to Xavier Tillman. But Cassius has opportunities on a, a, not a good team, but maybe a good situation. I mean, if, if, if one of those guys goes out, cash may actually have the like literally bigger immediate impact because he'll have to eat up more minutes. But it, but it is contingent very much on that scenario happening, right? Yeah. yeah. We'll find so, out. yeah. Um, next question. Plum, do you remember presidential chicken in the MSU cafeterias? <clears throat> presidential chicken. Ingredients. Unsalted butter, one tablespoon. All-purpose flour, two tablespoons. 2% milk, one and three-quarter cup. <laughs> Don't forget about this one. Heavy whipping cream, half a cup. Chicken base and fresh parsley, two teaspoons each. Melt the butter. Stir in the flour to make a roux. Cook it five and a half minutes. While whisking the roux, slowly steam in milk and heavy cream. Cook and stir until smooth and thickened. This should take you 20 minutes. Then you stir in the base until it's dissolved. Finish with the parsley. This is presidential chicken at its finest. You can find the full ingredient at eatatstate.msu. Oh, there's a they read they advertise that recipe. That sounds you can literally also find it on alumni.msu.edu. People love the presidential chicken. You can't make (laughs) this up. That never have I ever heard of a meal that is more Slenderman than that. I'm going to add this to the repertoire. Maybe this is what's for Thanksgiving. All white ingredients. All white ingredients. Um, I, I'm not going to answer that question because there's no way. Oh, I'm sorry. The parsley. The parsley. Green, green and, and white. white. Green, green and white. white. Green, green and white. I'm tweeting this out right now. I hope that everyone enjoys the presidential chicken. Deliver it to the people. Deliver, the people deserve it. This Thanksgiving. Please, please tag. Please tag the. This pod. Thanksgiving, you don't need turkey. You need presidential chicken. Oh, B list. I did not know we were going to get this treasure trove. Uh, next question. Uh, from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Can I get a free t-shirt with your logo on it? Yeah. Greg, let's have a, a quick board meeting. Right I now. think we make one of these t-shirts. We deliver it to the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. 
or we send it to the PO box or wherever it is like PO yeah, box in South PO Dakota box. that he's going to set up for this. And then this is how we identify them. We tell them that there's tons out there. Tons of people have bought them, wear them all over the place. And this is how we identify who the upper deck jerk guy is. And you know, what's going to end up happening is we're going to see Johnny football wearing that t-shirt around at one of the, you know, football games. And then we'll know <laughs> that'll be, the um, you know, uh, I like the idea that he thinks we have merch that, we paid for and maybe ordinarily sell, but give him a free version of it. (laughs) And, and that, that, I mean, I don't think we get enough credit for how terrible our logo is. Um, you're here and, and it's, it's on brand. It was about to get a big upgrade. And then we picked up a third wheel. Yeah. Maybe instead of putting Grooch on there, which he did, uh, B list can maybe just put a third wheel. Yeah. You know, (laughs) temporary third wheel. Huh? Temporary. That's right. <laughs> I've not forgiven you for last week, even still. Next up from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy, Bryn Forbes NBA career. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, you know what's weird? So I saw this news get tweeted out because uh, I think he's going to Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spurs fans talked a lot of trash about Bryn Forbes. And then there were some weirdly specific ones about his never have I ever seen like a man with such bad body language. I'm like, what? A very oddly specific thing to criticize someone for. Hmm. Why did they not like Bryn? What's not to like about Bryn? I think it's probably because he was playing um, more minutes than, you know, maybe they would have preferred. Um, But for a guy that went completely undrafted, I mean, I knew that he was going to get a look because someone that shoots that well in the NBA is going to get a look, but I don't think anyone could have reasonably expected that he would still be. Yes. <laughs> right. I mean, but at the same time, he had three, seven pointers in one half at one point. Like, I think he's got, I think he might have the Spurs. Did you say three, seven yes. pointers? Or seven, no. three pointers. No, no back then me. you could get seven pointers in a game and he had three of them. Honestly, the point total is the same. So who's counting? counting? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It, it's not important. Um, but I mean, good for Bryn, right? He's a good looking good for Bryn. He's been good looking. He still is good looking. I would have thunk it. I would have thunk it for that reason and that reason alone. But there's something else that I think this pod needs to acknowledge while we're on the subject of the upper deck jerk guy. And that is yeah. that he still hasn't paid me for the limerick lessons I gave him this weekend. Uh, he was able to put together uh, a fairly decent uh, limerick. Uh, he used uh, some some sort of stock rhymes that, you know, all the kids are bandying about. But uh, you have to give him credit for form and uh, and good diction and pacing. So Upper Deck Jerk Guy, you know, if you want to send in your $5 tutor fee, you can uh, um, send it to the pot. Or, or better yet, just buy me some cookies from Preserved Homemade. Okay, thanks. He's going to really cling to that uh, good diction. Um, next up is Larry King of Lansing, a first time questioner who asks, where can I listen to your program? <laughs> this is nice. Hey, Larry, what's up? Well, Larry, if you you're listening it. now, <laughs> success. success, you did it. It would be great just to answer back to him. We answered Larry on this week's episode oh. and just leave it at that. <laughs> oh my God. Um, it's so good. Next up from Mama Maple Leaf, Larry, glad to have you. Number one, because of course they're numbered. MSU lags five percentage points behind U of M in standings for football graduation success rates. With that in mind, what is an acceptable GSR for any institution 
committed to higher education. Wow. Well, I would like to say, first of all, zero gunshot residue is the uh, appropriate okay. number for an institution oh, committed to yeah. higher education. Okay. And Mama may believe that you brought it to this place is disturbing um, and offensive. This is a violence-free zone. Uh, but, uh, and, and, but Plum, you know, um, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Northwestern, I think, is uh, always leads, right? Always leads in the Big Ten. It's like damn near 100%. I think they were 99, yeah, 98. No, yeah, they're yeah. always right up yep. there. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I would like to say that probably 85 is a good baseline. That's a solid B. People like an 85. Maybe it should be a 90. I mean, why wouldn't you graduate? I mean, with all of the resources that are provided to you, I guess, unless you're leaving early to hit the pros and maybe that's why a hundred percent isn't reasonable. Everyone else certainly should be. So it's, it's, I'll say 90. Also, it should be 90. Mama Maple Leaf. Um, I do believe that um, without calling out the number specifically, I believe the athletic graduation rate is higher than the general population graduation rate. So, um, keep that in mind that, you know, uh, there, there is something of success happening hmm. there. And, and, and also I would say, don't pay attention to these numbers for the next few years. Um, because we discussed earlier in the pod, uh, Mr. Mel Tucker has, um, he, he has uh, indicated that maybe they will be decreasing. <laughs> so. Or they may just be graduating elsewhere is really what it is. Yeah. Or they can keep their scholarship and graduate here. But it's also worth mentioning that um, MSU, unlike, say, other institutions, generally speaking, allows its student-athletes to pick the majors that they would like to pursue. Very important. Very important. Very important. And, you know, don't push them into, uh, what is it, a BGSA? Oh, God. All right, moving on. Second question from Mamba Maple Leaf. Plum, the first organized USA college sports Uh. activity, USA college sports activity, were rowing races regattas between Yale and Harvard with the Can't Read, Can't Write team representing MSU on the Red Cedar. Who would be the Coxway? Role of the coxswain is to keep the boat and rowers safe at all times by properly steering the boat. <laughs> now, I believe the actual pronunciation there is coxswain. Am I wrong on that? Yeah, that's yeah. correct. He'd sure, be the coxswain. So I would be the coxswain, obviously, for obvious <laughs> reasons. Mama may believe, uh, uh, not least of which because I have the most aggressive uh, uh, voice and personality on the pod. Uh, but isn't it also supposed to be the weest of the? It is supposed uh, to be the weest, the, and in that group? respect, it should be you. But, but <laughs> let's let's not say that. So okay, clearly. sorry. But you you aim to please, and so you would be easily you'd be easily um, bullied by a coxswain telling you what to do. There is no question that uh, Grooch would be at the back with his slender length, just yeah. rowing to all hell uh, up and down the red cedar here. Hitherto and Jan. 
Yeah. Great question. And I would be like, I can't pronounce any of the, any of the, you know, regatta her, you know, wording, but yeah, Just I'll row. Just row. This, but he will, say. he will make three seven pointers for you. <laughs> okay. So that's yep. what's important. I'm on a, I'm a roll right now. Maybe I should uh, get kicked off the pod. This week. <laughs> Next up is Raymond Chase. This week on the D'Antonio show. Oh. After smoking too much, no fly zone. The coach is humiliated <laughs> by how awful his fantasy football picks for the week were. Or. The coach is horrified when his grandson says he'd like to play in the Mac one day. Jones. Uh, I mean, him him smoking no fly zone is just I, I like this version of D'Antonio. Blazing out the no fly zone. Yeah, I mean, the misadventures. I, and, and I like that. I like the idea that D'Antonio plays fantasy football because <laughs> like the, <laughs> Because D'Antonio serious for that. He would never play fantasy football unless it was a league where you draft the defensive players. Oh yes. Yes, it is for sure in, in an IDP league. Yes. And then you draft like team offenses. He would want to play defensive uh fantasy. That's football. the only thing. God knows he wouldn't know how to recruit an offensive line, but that's neither here nor there. I yeah, it's yeah, it's all it's legacy, legacy. League too. I just imagine you, you need to develop the players. I just imagine him when he's like getting high, he's still wearing his new balance sneakers. Like on the couch, and Becky walks in, and she's like, "Mark, come on!" And he just like rolls off the couch or something. I have a very clear image of this in my head that I don't want to let go of. So, thanks. But unlike Brady Hoke, in that image, he's wearing a headset. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, next up, uh, do you think new quarterbacks are like new hitters in baseball in that they have a little more success at first? When opponents don't know how to play them, uh, that might explain why so many MSU QBs have shown promise only to fizzle out with time. I've got some thoughts on this, but uh, anyone else got some thoughts first? Uh, I think this is a pretty common uh, hypothesis uh, in that for a number of reasons, you know, maybe it's teams, you know, adjust their play calling for because they know what the, you know, what the core competencies of a of a new quarterback is um so they've got to adjust to those in their play calling or maybe it's just you know once a little bit more film is out there you know it's easier to scheme against them so uh, i think that this is a well-established phenomena and um what did you want to say about it jonesy i was just gonna say that you know rocky's first game that was quote-unquote good was against purdue that was terrible i could have been successful against that purdue defense um and peyton thorne did he have a successful game against indiana wherein he led us to zero touchdowns i don't know that he did i just i don't know that there's actually much i don't know that it's been that much success for from new msu qbs only to fizzle out with time. Um, Lewerke's freshman year benefited from some seniors up front and a little bit of push, but that certainly fizzled over the next two years because of a bad offensive line. I, I just don't know that you can have a good, I, I just don't know that there will be or can be a good MSU quarterback without a run game or good blocking. So I'm down on, on MSU QBs. On board. Uh, thank you, Raymond, for those questions. They were fantastic. No fly zone. Always thinking uh, 1835 is up next. Plum. 
as the holidays are upon us, what's your go-to strategy for dealing with, shall we say, ideological differences between you and your family members? Does the degree of relationship change your typical response, e.g. parent, cousin, in-law, etc.? Uh, it's a good question. I We used to have disagreements. In fact, I'm looking forward to disagreements again now that Joe Biden can be president because the national travesty is, uh, is theoretically ending um, because Trump is – I mean it's just – I mean this isn't that political. I think it's more just factual. The reality is that it's been so off-centered and off-base that we don't have anything to argue about because we're all so horrified that we've just agreed that it's nuts. So I'm looking forward to getting back to the substantive policy differences and uh, arguing with them. And I'll say there's nothing that a third glass of wine can't solve or make worse. Here, here. <laughs> Pour that gasoline yep. on the problem. Yep. Jonesy, anything you want to add to this for Always Thinking 1835? Any words of wisdom? Uh, I mean, when it's your in-laws, uh, I would say um, my typical response is usually just a slap straight to the face. <laughs> that's right. It usually fixes the problem. With problems. your penis. Yep, that's right. Uh, no, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't have anything to contribute. Um, just... If you get to spend time with family, I think it's worth just being thankful for the time you get to spend with your family. So. Wow. Boo. Saccharin. Ick. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, it's been a rough people. year. All so right. Was, uh, Vodka Soda 19 up next. Greg, what was your childhood stuffed animal blanket? Please describe. Oh, yeah. Well, I was a, I was a very, uh, shall we say, creative child. So I had a... I had a yellow bear given to me by some extended family member on my mom's mm. side who we called Mr. Bear. Uh-huh. And uh, mm, very yeah, creative. yeah, I, you know, I really pushed the boundaries as a kid. And uh, Mr. Bear, I believe, resides in a fireproof safe at my mother's house oh my God. <laughs> at this time. Uh, I've always that had- bear is now more for your mother yeah, than you. For yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, so what about you guys, Jonesy? What did you have? Uh, I had a, a dog that was actually gifted to my sister <laughs> when she was born, but I stole. It was a puppet, too, so you could put your uh, your hand in the back of his head and make his mouth move up and Aww. down. Um, he wears overalls, uh, but he uh, I named him Bill, and I have him now, and my son could give two shits Aww. about Bill. <laughs> uh <laughs> So, Plum, how about you? I had a uh, baby doll that was in a, uh, <laughs> I know it's so Love on this. brand. I had a baby doll that was like, its head was, I feel like if you dropped it today, it might shatter. It wasn't porcelain. I still have it. It's in the closet in my office. Um, oh, something God. hard. That's so terrifying. Yeah, it should be. And it was in some like sleep sack dealy, like a light green sleep sack, and it had its own little hat. And all of the pieces are still with that thing. Yeah. And I carried it. There's a thousand pictures of me as a kid carrying that baby doll around everywhere I was. So <laughs> I do, I do just want to add to this whole thing. Um, you said we all had stuffed animals slash slash dolls. So that's fantastic. If you were, um, if you had a blanket, if you had imprinted on a blanket, your um, childhood is invalid. Your garbage. <laughs> get a life. Who were blanket kids? Do, do something like, what does a blanket do for you, idiot? God. I feel like this is to an audience of one and possibly your wife. Possibly. No, no. <laughs> I would never marry a former blanket kid. Oh my God. So this is great. step away from the podcast. If you Im- Im- 
printed on a blank. He doesn't mean it. We need, nothing, we need all subscribers. Thanks I have much. nothing to say okay. to you. Nothing. Good God. Uh, next up from Vodka Soda 19. <laughs> as we inexplicably drew a line in the sand, we draw enough lines in the <laughs> sand. True. Didn't need wow, that one. There it is. Um, there it is. Uh, Vodka Soda 19, a favorite Xmas song, Christmas song, and who is it by? Kalikimaka is the thing to say. All right, next question. Hawaiian Christmas Day. That is the Andrews Sisters. If you don't know it, look it up. Melakalikimaka. It is the best Christmas song. You're welcome. Disagree, Carol of the Bells. I don't care who it's by. Grooch, do you even care about Christmas music? I'm going to take uh, Bowie and, and Bing Crosby for Peace on Earth. Uh, I just love me some Bowie. So let's get some Bowie Christmas. Why great. not? God, I'm just trying to brag great. there. Great, um, great. Next up, first time questioner, Maxwell. This is a very specific question to yeah. MSU Twitter. Very specific. The- did you see this that was, that no. was happening? Here, I'll okay. ask you then. Jonesy, would you be willing to pay Rick Carlisle $15 million to coach Michigan State, or would you keep Izzo? Why or why not? So I'll explain. There's somebody on the MSU Twitter who has decided to dig in on a terrible take <laughs> that if Rick Carlisle said he wanted to coach Michigan State, Tom Izzo would be gone tomorrow. It is the dumbest take, and I'm convinced that it's just trolling and he's actually succeeding. Um because yeah, I'm going to keep Tom Izzo because Tom Izzo is a hall of fame coach. Who's good at his job. There's no proof of concept for Rick Carlisle. That's not true. He's got a chip Michigan state. And, and you can choose between losing in the first round or missing the playoffs entirely with Rick Carlisle. It's uh, it's a great choice. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and keep Izzo. So uh, next up and last up uh, first time questioner. And we're happy to have him. Uh, Sparty on Huskers, who asks, who is the most overrated coach in the Big Ten this season? And obviously, it's a tie between Jim Harbaugh and Scott Frost. Plum, what do you got? We featured Scott Frost's snake oil on the podcast. We have. We have. Uh, Nebraska is very bad. Uh, They are somehow inexplicably maybe the worst, worse than Michigan, somehow. Um, I don't know about Scott Frost's arterial decisions uh, vis-a-vis khakis, and I've never seen him wear uh, more than one mask at a time, uh, which is fewer masks, I think, by at least a factor of two than his uh, buddy Jim Harboff um, in Ann Arbor. Uh, it is definitely a tie between them, though. Um, and Actually, no, I think Ar- Har- Har- Harbaugh is still the most overrated, but Scott Frost is. Isn't James Franklin sitting there just on the outside of this being like, guys, guys I'm right here. Can't I be in consideration for most overrated coach in the he, Big but Ten? He never season? had like, people didn't ever care about him. I mean, the thing is, James Franklin is doing everything he can to, to destroy the culture of the Nittany Lions and good for him. Uh, but. And, and and James Franklin has always been bad at actually yeah, coaching. James Franklin has a Big Ten championship in a way that Jim Harbaugh has never even been to the Big Ten championship game and Scott Frost. Wait, oh so are God. you arguing that, that Jim Harbaugh is or is not the most overrated coach? I'm just suggesting that James Franklin might be involved in this conversation. But James Franklin does, to your point, have a Big Ten championship. Yeah, but... You know, he's still an overrated coach this season, okay. right? I mean, the per- oh, you're this right. This season, season. Yeah, okay. sure. Yeah. All right. All right. 
Yeah. All right, all right. Touche, touche. So thank you for the question, Sparty and Huskers, unless you were a blanket child. In which case, why are you still listening? Be gone. Oh my God. We don't need (laughs) you. I don't... But we would like you to smash that subscribe button. The problem is we have probably a lot of like parents of young children, many of whom are probably imprinting into blankets right now. And that we're just losing them. We're losing them by them. And they've all the bucket full. My God. (laughs) Now, Greg, uh, my son was given at uh, birth a a Michigan state blanket. Sure. If he had imprinted upon that, would that be an acceptable blanket to imprint upon? No. (laughs) Okay, just just to be very clear, I, I just wanted to you know I wanted to know I wanted to come to you for yeah. guidance. On what how you to were raise looking for was an out, and I'm not providing no, no, no. that to you. I just wanted guidance on how to raise a child from you. I yep. thought that was there the way go. to go. Um, well, um, uh, it, does Yali prefer uh, blankets or um, or or stuffed animals? I'm asking because obviously a dog is quite like having. Well, a child. I'm asking for a friend. She um she was given a blanket, a small blanket from the breeder that had her mother's scent on it. I know that that breeds weakness, so I took that from her and pissed on it Good. in front of her. Uh, <laughs> then I lit it on fire and I burned her with the burning blanket. And since then, she's only played with dolls and other squishy, squeaky toys. See this? This is quality dog parenting. Fine. And that is going to be the audio t- no. that makes it to Twitter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, everyone, we have three games, including a Saturday doubleheader to look forward to. We have uh, a Duke game the following week, which on Tuesday, which means we will be recording on Sunday night. Uh, a lot to look forward to. It is the most magical season. And it is not because it's the Thanksgiving time. Um, I think we missed some Thanksgiving questions, but we hope all of you have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Um, And uh, gentlemen, in the meantime, go green. Go white. Go white, guys. No blankets.